Welcome everyone to Hit the Books. I'm Thomas Casali with my man Corby CC. How's everything going on this Friday? It's pretty good. Busy, busy Friday getting ready for what 148 games Saturday. So I'm excited for Saturday. Should be a good show, a lot to talk about. So excited. Yeah, we're going to get into all the action. This Hit the Book segment of the Hammer Betting Network is presented by Circus Sports. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Experience big at bets with the highest betting limits, better money line splits with the lowest hold percentage, and best customer service. Sports betting on the go has never been better. Now you can download fun and bet like a pro from anywhere in Nevada. Get your new bookie today at circusports.com. Well, CC, we're going to dive into some of those big games on Saturday. It, it is a big weekend. It's you know, football is over except for the playoffs. You know, the end end of the NFL playoffs here. A lot of people starting to get into college basketball betting, and we have some big games this Saturday with the SEC Big Twelve Challenge that we're going to get into. But quickly, we're if you're watching live, where well, this is Friday uh, in my neck of the woods, the Siena is hosting Iona. And uh, last year, Iona came to Siena, and things didn't go very well for him. I know a few people who went to the game, they cheered on the Saints to a victory. you got to play in this game for Friday, CC. What is it? Yeah, so I liked Iona this morning. Just uh, fundamentally, I don't think that the home court advantage for Siena should be as weighted as it is. Ken Palm has Iona winning at home by 11, and this game is 6.5 at this point. Um, so I like Iona on the side at 6.5. Uh, it'll be a play for the show. But the main thing here is Sienna's best player, McCollum, has been questionable day to day. And it seems like, I'm not the most confident in the source, but it seems uh, he won't be playing. So I like the side either way. I think there, I grabbed a five and a half this morning. So it's, it's steaming up a little bit. But if McCollum is out, a six and a half is a great grab and at least uh, worth the while of watching. And, and if you're correct on an injury report, I imagine this goes to an eight because he is. A significant piece of Sienna's offense. So uh, Iona at six and a half is plenty fine for a bet. Yeah, and for those people who don't live where I live, just so you know, Sienna's home court advantage isn't great. They play in an arena. They play in the MVP arena, which they have professional wrestling and monster trucks. Like it's it's a pretty big like uh, multi-purpose arena. It's not an on-campus small gym like you see at a lot of these Mac schools. So I mean, if you've ever been to a Sienna game, you know it. it it's not a great. Yeah, you. Last year when Iona came, I know there was just as many people who came up from Iona to watch the game. So you're not getting that huge, you know, student section. And that's not what Sienna has at home. So I agree with you on that home court advantage. Yeah, and I think that it's it's an interesting note. Like in most of these smaller conference games, I think home court advantage is probably pushed too much anyways. I think that most small schools, like even UAB is 80th in the nation and and home court advantage. I posted something about it last night, but uh, last night in our game in conference at home off a loss, UAB had probably 800 people in the stands. Like it's never, and we're rated per Ken Palm 80th. And it's just like, I think that in a lot of cases it gets overrated for like a fan purpose, but then at the same time, a team like Iona, who doesn't shoot a lot of threes, they're 27th in the nation in two point uh, percentage from shots. Like they, they score all of their shots from uh, inside. So they're not too worried about being acclimated to these rims or having different uh, perspective say all they're doing is layup so they want to get transition and so if you're dealing with like a, a vmi who's going to chunk up 53s a game then yeah being on the road might hurt but i think this iona team doesn't really struggle too much uh being away from home even like I, I didn't even look at their splits away from home i don't care because i know that they don't shoot that many threes so it doesn't really worry me too much 
All right, so big game in the MAC tonight, which we said we, we're going against the grain here, CC. Last last show, I made a point of saying if you bet just a blind, blindly bet MAC underdogs for the last two years, you're probably ahead. And you gave the stat, and it's way ahead over the last couple of years. But going with a MAC favorite tonight. Now let's get into Saturday. The big one, Kansas, Kentucky, they don't get much bigger than that in college basketball. Now, earlier in the week, uh, CC, after Kansas lost to Baylor, I put on Twitter that uh, I, I like them in this spot Saturday. Now, nobody agrees with me. Uh, everyone likes Kentucky because the way they're playing. I'll give you my theory. I don't, this isn't like a huge bet for me, but I'll just give you my theory on it. You can tell me I'm right or wrong. I, I value the Big 12, I maybe to a fault, a lot better than the SEC. We'll find out tomorrow. Um, but I don't know. To me, beating up on SEC teams is a little bit different than playing in the Big 12. So I think Kansas can get out and transition and bother Kentucky. I know they don't have the guys down low to deal with the Big O. I get it. But I think it's going to be a close game, and I lean Kansas. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I agree. I think this is similar to like a the idea of the Illinois program as of late. Like People hated on this Illinois program, and, and for good reason. They didn't look great. And then all of a sudden – they looked amazing. And so it was just uh, people People started buying Illinois. And it was like, a, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, this this Kentucky team was a 14-point opener dog versus Tennessee. And I just, uh, people bought this Kentucky team way too fast. Do, though, yes, they had injuries. They've had uh, issues meshing. And they finally have figured it out. And they've looked good. I'm still not giving them, what, basically 10 points of value. I, I get home away splits, but... Uh, I'm not giving them that much value here. I think Kansas is still one of the better teams in the nation. They do struggle with Shibuya. They don't really have the size to match up with them. But other than that, like I think this Kansas team has plenty of firepower. And I don't know how Kentucky... Like, Kentucky just scored 69 versus Vanderbilt. Uh, if, if Kansas can score points, which is the biggest issue here, if they, if they can score effectively, which they have all year at a pretty fast pace, I don't know how Kentucky keeps up overall. Yeah, no, I agree. We see the same the, uh, this game going very similar. And again, and again, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky won. I just, I'm with you. I think Kansas is the better team from the better conference. Maybe we're wrong. We'll find out tomorrow when they play at eight Eastern time. The the big game. Got a couple more in the AC, in the uh, yeah it used to be the ACC uh, the Big Ten. Right now it's the SEC <laughs> Big Twelve. Yeah. Um, the game I'm on. The first bet I took. Interested to hear your thoughts on this. I took Texas plus the seven and a half against Tennessee. We'll see if I'm wrong. I feel like Tennessee is the most overvalued team in the country. Like I wrote this up for the post, you know, in, in this, in their winnings in, in, for the New York post, I wrote up Texas plus seven and a half, you know, and, and in this winning streak that Tennessee has and, and in this run that they have, they, they haven't beaten a ton of good teams, right? Like they, they, they haven't beaten a team that, since the Arizona game, so they played Arizona and Kentucky, who are Ken Palm top 30 teams. All the other, and they lost both of them. All the other teams they've played rank outside of Ken Palm's top 50. So I get it. They remind me of the Baltimore Ravens a couple of years ago, who were built to blow out bad teams during the regular season. Then when the playoffs started, they couldn't score a point. I worry about this Tennessee team against better competition in the tournament. What do you see for this game? Am I on the right side with the plus seven and a half? Yeah, I agree, and it looks like we can get an eight for the show. Uh, oh, good. If we want to lock that in, Zach, I like the Tennessee plus. I mean, Texas plus eight at Tennessee. Yeah, I agree. I, I took I took a little Kentucky money line when they played the Tennessee game. I just, you know, 
I think there's there's a stipulation to be said about teams that just can't score the basketball. And I don't think that Tennessee has really those predominant people that like when when push comes to shove, yes, they look good on defense, but can they score the basketball? It's it's basically my biggest argument against Iowa State as well, is I just don't think that they have the scorers to keep up with teams. Uh, now, is Texas that team? Who knows? We've seen we've seen two sides of Texas. We've seen a really bad Texas early this year. Uh, granted, they're seventeen and three, so bad's a strong word. But uh, they've they've scraped by Texas Tech. They've beaten West Virginia. So at least it seems like they're getting momentum in their way. They beat a good TCU team, and I'm not worried. I, I think that they do have the talent to be able to score. Uh, and if Marcus Carr is on, if if they can put up seven, I, I think this total was in the one thirties. If they can score 70, I don't see any way that Tennessee is putting up 78, but uh, that would be a high expectation. I would imagine this number is like the 65 range, so 135, yeah. So they're expecting like a 70 to 64 type game. Um, and I, I would give Texas the benefit of doubt to be able to score more than 64 in most cases. Yeah, and one of the things, you know, I see with Tennessee is sometimes they're sloppy. Like they're, they, with the basketball, they turn it over. And Texas has that, you know, that pressuring, that, that ball pressure defense with their guards. I think that can give them some problems. But you mentioned Texas. Let me ask you a question. Get your thoughts on this. Texas obviously had a huge, huge situation happen this year off the court. Uh, they lost their coach. Do you... Do you buy into the theory that maybe it's gonna it took takes a little time for them to start to to kind of reset? Uh, do you think this team is deadly in the tournament still, even with Beard out of there? Um, unfortunately, I don't. I don't think that they have like good enough. Um, I guess you would say talent pieces. I just don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a critic, but I just don't think that Timmy Allen is a good enough big man to stop a an Oscar Sheboy if they face in the uh, round of thirty two or Sweet Sixteen or. Or to face a Drew Timmy, I think that these teams don't—they don't match up very well with teams. Uh, but from a coaching perspective, I really don't—I don't worry too much there. I think these kids—I I could be wrong. I would like to see the numbers, but I think that a lot of things get bought too heavily nowadays, just a modern age of basketball. But you have to think these kids are the same kids who've played uh, like AAU basketball for the last six years of their life, where they had seven different coaches and they played on a different team every weekend. So. I think the most important thing here is is talent differential, and I just don't know if Texas matches up with the Baylor's. I, I, if if you put Baylor versus Texas on a court in a pickup basketball game, I, I'm taking Baylor every single time. So to get to to the finals, I, I don't know, but I will say I think that they are a tough matchup relative to the price the market's giving them currently. Yeah, so, well, last year these two teams played and set offensive basketball back 70 years. Uh, Texas won 52-51. I guess for us in our bet, that would be good if we replicated that game. Hopefully for our viewing pleasure, it might be. Hopefully it's a little bit more uh, off, off, a little bit more offense this year because that was a hard game to watch last season. Yeah, I, uh, so, I believe I bet the over, like, 119 in that game. Didn't even come Oh, did close. you? Yeah, last year. So that was that was a lot of fun. So now you, I always say, CC, like the the bank don't care where you get your money from. They don't care if you're betting Duke, North Carolina, uh, or a, a game you're interested in. Another game in my neck of the woods. Well, we went with Sienna. Now we're going with Albany, uh, Albany and Maine. You said to me before the show, you got to pick Albany and Maine. I've seen a lot of people betting these Maine games this year. Um, give me an angle on that, and what do you like uh, tomorrow in that one? Yeah, it seems Best Camp doesn't have it up yet. I don't think there's a line for this game. It's just such a small market to be 5 p.m. Eastern, but we can talk about it. Uh, just saving Zach the headache of having to look for it. Yeah, so this is a main team who I think uh, 
get slept on. If you've watched a main basketball game, I, I think they play pretty good defense. Um, shot quality rates them 130th in uh, adjusted defense, but Ken Palm has them 305th. I think in, in most cases, if you've watched them play, they're not the 305th defense in the nation. They play pretty scrappy basketball. Um, on the other side, I don't think that their offense is particularly great. I do think that they have a decent coach just from the eyeball test. Uh, but the main thing here is Albany is going to want to slow the ball down they have all year. Let's see. They are 181st in tempo, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. They held Bryant to 66 possessions. Bryant really wants to run uh, New Hampshire to a 60-possession game, which is, I think, closer to the type of team that you're going to see uh, in a main game. I think a 64-65 possession kind of game makes a lot of sense. So to get over the national average, Ken Palm has this at a 141 opener for uh, the total. If this is over 140, I like it a lot. I made this 133. So even like a 139, 138 range, I like the under here a lot. All right. Sounds good. Under, I, I, I know one thing. I bet against Albany once this year, and they beat UMass Lowell by like 30 points in one of the oddest uh, <laughs> outcomes of the season. So uh, that'll yeah. tell you about my luck betting against Albany. Um, before we get back to the SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge, I'm going to take – I want to talk to you about another New York team. My team, the Syracuse Orange, who I bet last Saturday, and they, they came through for me, and you think I should quit while I'm ahead <laughs> with the Orange, but, you know, they're seven-point dogs of Virginia Tech tomorrow. The first matchup, I liked Syracuse. I just think it's a good – I think they match up kind of well with Virginia Tech, and Syracuse has lost games on the road, but they've been relatively close. I think the market and pro betters are a lot higher on Virginia Tech than maybe I am, but I took the seven with the Qs. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that. We can lock that in. Um, I would say that I I am low on Virginia Tech, and I don't know a ton about okay. Syracuse, but you have hit the nail on the head on the Syracuse game, betting and against. We uh, we hit that North Carolina game versus Syracuse. So yep. we're 2-0 on, on a side with Syracuse in between. So, yeah, I agree. I think that Virginia Tech – uh, I believe we've talked about them on the show, but I just don't think that a team that needs Vasily to be a, a prominent offensive scorer uh, stands much of a chance within major Power 5 conferences. He has looked really good as of late, but um, I'm just not buying his overall like, market share. I, I, I don't think that he is as good as, as we have seen him be so far. Syracuse, Jesse Edwards should, uh, I would hope, put some work on Vasily, and uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. But overall, Virginia Tech's offense is hit or miss. We've seen them knock down shots, and it's it seems this this is the same Virginia Tech team year after year. It's can they can they knock down shots? Can they hit open threes? And if they can't, they can lose to the Boston Colleges of the nation. But um, here, I, I think Syracuse is playing really good basketball. They, they in most cases should have probably beat North Carolina the other day, and so to buy them off of a loss, I, I'm cool with that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, I, I think this is a spot where you want to take Syracuse uh, kind of an even game, getting the seven points. I'll tell you what, though. You said we're 2-0. and If we go 3-0, and I got the Pearl Washington jersey in the closet. <laughs> we hit this one. You come back next week, and the Pearl Washington jersey will replace one of these with the Syracuse jersey going 3-0. and uh, Let's get back to the Big 12 SEC Challenge, a really interesting game, I think. I haven't bet it or anything, but – Baylor and Arkansas. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a Baylor team we talked about our first time on the show. We both were high on coming into the season. I have a futures on them at 16 to 1 preseason. They hit the skids there, three game slide Iowa State, TCU, Kansas State, all three very good teams they lost to. Since then, five in a row. Had a big win over Kansas. Arkansas dealing with injuries, going on the road to Baylor. 
Baylor's laying a few points, coming off the Kansas game. Any love for the underdog here, or you think Baylor keeps rolling? I think that we missed our chance to catch on to some Baylor futures. We talked about it right before they sparked off, but this team is so talented. Uh, at five and a half, I just don't think that's enough points. I think uh, I would enjoy a five, uh, but I think anything under six is probably fine here. Baylor has, and, and the biggest issue for any kind of spread better here is that Baylor has really good free throw shooters. I haven't looked at the numbers currently, but I believe C.J. Cryer last year, or L.J. Cryer, uh, let's see, L.J. Cryer is an 83, 82.5% free throw shooter. And then Adam Flagler is 82% as well. So if this gets down to the wire, if it, if it becomes a foul fest, you know you have some guys that are going to knock down their shots. Uh, and so I think that a 5.5 is is... Even in a one-possession game with 30 seconds left, you're sitting on the right side of some potential luck. And uh, I really don't know how Arkansas matches up. Nick Smith being out at this point, um, it just seems like this is a – like, good job. You you limited LSU to 40 points, but who isn't limiting LSU to 40 points yeah. at this point? Uh, I don't look at them with a ton of light. I think that they really struggle to match up with these uh, guards overall. Like, they have a whole bunch of guards. They have a lot of winky talent, but uh, – Baylor's guards are a different kind of speed. And so I think it's Baylor or nothing for me. Uh, five and a half, I will probably bet. If you like five and a half, we can hit it on the show. If not, uh, not a big deal here because we already have what? Yeah, three. no, I I like I like Baylor. I think Arkansas is going to be a popular dog tomorrow. But with, with the injuries, I just don't think they're the same team. I have a futures on them as well. But I got that before the, they lost uh, the two main players. I don't know if Nick Smith's going to be back. Uh, you're talking about a lottery pick. Is he going to come back? Or who knows? But I think yeah, I, I think they trouble. They have trouble scoring without him. Yeah, I think Nick Smith has been designated to out for the year. I believe I could be wrong there. Oh, he I, has. Okay, I think I, he has. I could be wrong there. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree. The main thing for me, and Zach pulled that up just a second ago, but I see that points bet has the money line at two to one or plus two hundred. I mean, minus two hundred. I can't talk. Uh, there we go. There now they're popped up. That's what I was about to say. If it's at two hundred, four and a half should be the line, not five and a half. And if it's four and a half, I, I really like locking this in, Zach. I, I hope we didn't lock in at five and a half already. Uh, if we did, we'll be stuck with it. But uh, I saw two hundred, and I imagined that we were getting four and a half. So interesting. And if we can get four and a half, uh, yeah. So Zach locked in five and a half. That'll be fine. We'll we'll uh, okay. take that one on the chin. But I do like Baylor at four and a half. I think that. Um, it's a good bet, and I probably will lock that in right as local start to get it down. All right, sounds good. Baylor rolling. Uh, like to see that. Another team I got in the futures market, CC, got him 100 to 1 the, the night of last year's championship game, the Creighton Blue Jays, big one in the Big East. Now, Creighton 6 and 2, their last eight after having a terrible slide there, but the six wins. Eh, the two losses were on the road to Connecticut and Xavier, the two better teams in the in the Big East. Kind of waiting to see Creighton make a statement against one of these really good teams. They get Xavier at home tomorrow. I've already seen quite a few people tell me, "Oh, this is the this is the spot for Creighton. This is where they're going to really really get one of those big wins." Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> Listen, it makes sense, but there's. It's like that. It's like fading Kansas State when that started happening. Four points, uh, three and a half. I would definitely would not. Uh, if this, uh, I don't know. I my thing is Xavier was sixty to one to win the national championship last week, and they're forty to one this week. And they're they. If you were basing a momentum basis, I would assume that ba that Xavier is probably one of the higher teams in the nation. 
in momentum. They just beat Connecticut. They look like a really good basketball team. Sean Miller, like, I don't think that the issue here is I think that a lot of people were surprised by Xavier, and for good reason. They, no one expected them to be this good. But at the same time, like, at some point, you have to stop being surprised. They, they have yeah. Sean Miller as their coach. They like, he is a great coach. And so, uh, I think people are just waiting for that fall off. And I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as people are, are sitting here waiting on. Like, this isn't an Xavier team that's going to lose to um, a DePaul again. They lost once, and that was surprising. But I think that this is a team that even if they hadn't done what they had done this year, this is a this is a matchup where Creighton would probably struggle. They have a good team and a good coach. So uh, I think even if you just give Xavier a regular record, this is probably five and a half. So I'm not just quick to jump on a four by any means. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we talked about this on Monday when we looked ahead, uh, Connecticut and Xavier, and like the Ken Palm line was like nine, and I, it was ended up being seven, and we were like, it doesn't really. It's like the market doesn't want to believe in this team, right? And Xavier goes out and wins that game outright. And the, the market loves UConn. You would have thought UConn has one loss on the season. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I'm rooting for Creighton. I want to see them start to get catch momentum here. But I'm not going to lay four against the Xavier team. I think that's too much from what we've seen uh, from both these teams. So that that's a pass for me. Um, going back to the SEC Big 12 Challenge, we got some more interesting games here. I'll throw a couple out at you. Let me know if anything anything you like. We got yeah, Alabama, yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, while yeah, what do you got? Yeah, while you're doing this, I'm just staring off the screen because lines just popped, so I, I'll be trying to give you some as well. But, uh, yeah, the Alabama-Oklahoma game, I've said this um, too many times at this point. Um, I don't think Alabama is the third-best team in the country. But the issue is, if you look at their schedule, I don't know who beats them. So, uh, I think six and a half, five and a half is is probably a good line. Um, it's so weird that let's see, Fanduel has this five and a half juice down. Uh, you might see a five soon when the rest of the market six and a half. Interesting. If this gets to five, I'd take Alabama. Uh, I thought this would open like seven. I don't think Alabama is the third best team in the country, but at the same time, I don't like this Oklahoma team at all. And really, I don't see where Alabama loses the rest of the season. Maybe Tennessee. Uh, at right. Tennessee, I could see that. But other than that, I think you have an Alabama team that's going to go into March. The thing is, if they beat this, and I'm curious, Tom, if you, what your opinion, but if they beat this Tennessee team, so like, let's say they go undefeated the rest of the schedule, which doesn't look insane to, to assume in hindsight. Um, maybe Tennessee. But like, let's say they beat Tennessee, they go the rest of the schedule outright, they have two losses. They're the number one overall team in the nation. Do you lay the juice it's going to be nasty, but go over to Circa. You lay the juice on Alabama not to win the national championship because there's so many things that could happen. And if they if they go into this national championship uh, with just two losses, 29 and two, I would imagine that number is like 700 to win. So probably like minus 1100. Uh, and though it is very juicy, I just don't think that this Alabama team is near the level of a Houston, of a Baylor, of a God forbid a Gonzaga. Uh, it, it is very juicy, but I think it is interesting. I wish you could like, I, I wish you could parlay piece like an eleven hundred would be like a, a Floyd Mayweather versus McGregor. Like, just piece it with some things and get and get better odds everywhere else. But uh, I think that that's a stretch to imagine that Alabama should have the best chance to win the national championship by any means. Yeah, my problem with Alabama and the SEC teams in general, and we saw it last year too, is that I think their defenses look better than they are because they're playing each other. 
You know, like, listen, Alabama's got a couple of good wins here. They they beat mm-hmm. North Carolina, Michigan State, Houston. Those are good wins. But we saw them struggle to stop UConn. We saw them uh, – they had no answer for Gonzaga. So, like, I think my worry is these these all these great – remember that great Tennessee defense last year gave up 76 to a bad Michigan team on in the yeah. tournament? That's my concern with the SEC teams. I think they all play similar styles. They all have similar players. And then when they get out of conference against some of these more adaptable teams, they have trouble. So I agree. I, I like Alabama. I think they're by far my favorite team that's in the SEC in terms of making a run. But if they're the number one overall seed in the in the tournament, I would bet that they don't win it. All right. Now, another another team that, you know, this is an interesting line because – yeah, TCU going to Mississippi State. TCU still, I mean, we, we saw them last Saturday uh, getting seven against Kansas. They blew them out of the water. Mississippi State just lost a tough one at home to Alabama. Now they get TCU in there. You know, Mississippi State has lost five in a row, okay? Two, the I'm sorry, Alabama game was away. Tennessee was the home game. They, they lost to Tennessee by 11 at home. They lost to Florida at home. Then they lose a close one to Alabama. Now they return home. I don't have a good feel for the Mississippi State team. I feel like this is going to be a popular sharp play tomorrow. But I, I lean TCU. Where are you? Where are you on this one? Yeah. Do you uh, have the number for this game? I haven't found it. Zach, do you know the uh, TCU Mississippi State line is two and a half? Yeah. So I I was hoping that somehow TCU was a dog. I agree. I uh, Mississippi State's a tough team to kind of dial in and tone in on. But if you've watched these games, I think that the big thing that stands out to me is this Mississippi State team, though good, I think that they're very overrated on the defensive end. And and yeah. box, box scores wouldn't show it because of the pace that they play offensively is just snails. It is so boring to watch them play basketball. I watched the Jackson State game where they scored 69 points versus the Jackson State team who you should score 100 on in most cases. Uh, and I think that the issue is if, if TCU can force their own pace and, and Mississippi State needs to score points, I don't know if they have an offensive set to do that. Um, so this will all be dependent on the it, – it's like it's funny to say, but I, I really think that the, the opening five, six minutes are, are very important in this game. If TCU can set a foundation early and force this into a tempo game, TCU is 44th in the nation in tempo. So if they can set their own and do what they want to do, uh, Mississippi State's going to be playing from behind, playing out of out of style, character all game, and uh, I would like TCU to cover there. All right, I'm going to go one more game in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and I got a question for you about a game further down the board. Then you can talk about anything you want to talk about before we we get out of here. Florida and Kansas State. We've talked about Kansas State quite a bit on this te- on this show. They're at home. Florida playing better, five and one in their last six games. You know, the they don't those those wins were Georgia, LSU, Missouri, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. You know, it's not like they've, you know, went out in a upset Kentucky or Tennessee. But what do you think about this one? I, I feel I feel like this number is pretty good. I like this Kansas State team. I don't know if I love them on Saturday, though. Yeah, I would think that this is a if you're gonna have a live dog in a battle, I think that uh, I, I feel it just it just comes off as the Big 12 is really going to dominate this Big 12 SEC challenge this year. I agree. Uh, and I think that if the SEC is going to pull one that people don't expect, it's a Florida win here. Uh, though I think it'll be very difficult. Obviously, it's price in to be difficult, almost 2-1. to one. Um, 
Florida looks like a decent basketball team. I still don't love Castleton. I think that if he is your primary indicator of offense, you're going to struggle. Uh, maybe I'm just a hater of Castleton, but I am. Um, and Kansas State has a couple a couple guys that we've seen can just shoot the lights out of the ball. But you also you look at this game, think opposite of Xavier. I think Xavier, you're surprised that they were good, but at the same time, you're not you're not too surprised. This Kansas State team. Open the season 77 to Ken Palm. So they have far exceeded their expectation. And I think that uh, to see a drop-off game would make a lot of sense. They just played a really tough Iowa State game. And so this is a tough spot for them. I think Florida is a pretty decent basketball team. And uh, Kansas State has the size to match up with Castleton. But uh, I think this is a much more even game than they're being given credit for. Yeah, I agree. Just something about it doesn't doesn't sit right with me. We'll have to see how that turns out. Uh, one game I want to ask you, Ivy League. I love me a good Ivy mm-hmm. League game. You know, Princeton going to Yale. This is an interesting game, I think, because for me, I think Princeton is the class of the Ivy League. I think they're a tough matchup for these teams. You know, they showed that when they went to Cornell and won recently lost by two on the road to Brown, but have been pretty consistent in the Ivy League. The going to Yale, I saw three and a half earlier before we came on the show. Yale's a favorite. I don't know. I I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a good game. I kind of lean Princeton three and a half. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, I've bet Princeton overs a couple times. I bet the Princeton over in that Brown game. It went over pretty easily. Yale has a decent offense. So uh, seeing a 137, that that seems about right. I think that's honestly my first opinion without knowing the number. I wanted to say an over, but I think 137 is is right on cue, maybe even a little too high. Yale plays really slow basketball and has really good defense. Uh, The issue is they're pretty efficient. And so I think we're going to see a scrappy basketball game overall. (laughs) <laughs> as scrappy as a Ivy League game can get, they probably have tests on Monday <laughs> or something. But um, I don't know. I this one's tough. I I lean towards overs in Princeton and probably unders in Yale, just based off how efficient their defenses are. And so one thirty seven. If you could get like a one thirty four, I would lean over in almost every case. But one thirty seven, I, I really have nothing here. All right, we can't. Well, we can't leave the show. With uh, without talking about your UAB Blazers, they got by Louisiana Tech on Thursday. Rice uh, having a great season, a slight favorite. I saw over the Blazers. What are your thoughts on that one? Okay, I was about to say, yeah, I think I think you had a slip up. Action had it as uh, an underdog, but yeah, UAB should be a favorite. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I saw okay. it earlier. When yeah, it yeah. First it popped opened. up. Yeah. It popped up on action as UAB a dog for some reason. And when I saw it, it made me laugh. Um, I it's tough. I was at the UAB uh, Louisiana Tech game last night. Pretty boring. Uh, we without jelly kind of suck. But the the thing is, we we were shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, and at, at one point, listen, I, I've been high on Andy Kennedy for years now. I, I really like him as a coach, as a guy. Like he just seems the right fit for UAB. But at the same time, there is an obvious lineup that needs to be in the game when Jelly is not in. And, and we have yet to put it in until last night. We finally did. Like I'm telling you, I, I've told my girlfriend this lineup of five guys for the last month. And, and to see that we just continue to not put them in uh, is blowing my mind. And when we put them in last night, uh, they go on a run. I, I believe they cover the spread at close. So UAB should be fine. Jelly, listen, I, I said this last week. 
and I don't understand it. He should be fine. Yeah, he has worked out. He shot pregame. He, the kid, was on the bench. He was jumping up and down. Like I understand he's taking as much precaution as possible, but uh, it would surprise me a ton if he doesn't play here unless they have a, a bigger upcoming game. Uh, but Jelly's fine. Like he, there's no limp. He's hopping around. He stayed out at halftime with Eric to um, just like show him some moves. I guess I don't know what he was doing, but uh, he's fine. And so. I think that is the biggest catalyst on any bet you can make is do you have your best player? Because if Eric has to shoot, we're in trouble. Uh, but if Jelly's there, I think that we roll through Rice. Um, I, I believe on the show we've talked about it, I said that if, if Jelly's out, I would have bet North Texas. If Jelly was out, I would have bet Louisiana Tech. Yeah, Louisiana um, Tech. And so I think that it just comes down to Jelly. If, if he's out and, and we, you can get Rice at five points, I think that five is too many uh, because Eric is not a leading scorer for any school in the nation. Um, if Jelly is out also, looking at these numbers, 160 points is insanely too high. We have three secondary scorers on our team without Jelly. Uh, so all that said, highlight the game, market, keep up with injuries, and that's what that one comes down to. I'm not going to bet it by any means. I, it, gun to head, I would say the Jelly's back tomorrow, but I would have also said that last night. All right, and I know the lines are just coming out here. Before we head out, is there anything you want to touch on that you've seen pop up? Yeah, I'm scrolling through now on some on some totals. Uh, totals seem like they usually open up pretty soft. Um, the UAB one blows my mind. Seeing it 160, like, I think that's probably even too high with Jelly in. Uh, not going to post that by any means. Let's see. Okay, so um, Florida Gulf Coast Liberty is an interesting one. I think Florida Gulf Coast, in most cases, plays a really fast style of offense. Liberty, really slow. But the issue is uh, Florida Gulf Coast's fast is a pretty ugly fast, and Liberty's fast is or slow is, is very deliberate. And so uh, I think that you're going to see a Liberty team that gets more possessions in this game than they're used to, and you're seeing a total basically – it's just assuming that they're going to play pace near Liberty's pace, which is not going to happen because Florida Gulf Coast is going to turn the ball over a significant amount. Um, you're getting a total at 129.5. I don't know if that's available, uh, Zach. If the Florida Gulf Coast Liberty line is available, uh, I would like the over at 129.5. I made this 137. Yeah, nothing. Uh, okay, it's fine. But that, it would be the Florida Gulf Coast over and the main under for anybody watching the show. Just keep an eye on that. They won't be documented by any means, but... Uh, I like those. I like the Florida Gulf Coast up to like 131 probably, and, and the main under up to about 138 and a half. Yeah, I like that. I like your call on the Gulf Coast one. I'm going to be watching for that opener myself uh, and keep an eye on Maine. Uh, some good stuff there. I think we oh, hit a lot of the big games. All We're all, the ugly we ones. got. We got, we got some of the ugly ones. <laughs> Um, but I, I think we're going to have a good day. I, I like the card on Saturday. I don't always love the Saturday card, but I feel like there's some good spots here this week, and I think we've hit them. Uh, so looking forward to it. Thank you for watching Hit the Books on the Hammer Betting Network, presented by Circus Sports. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Experience big gap bets, better money line splits, the best customer service, and more. Download your new bookie today at circusports.com. And CC, we will be back on Monday to preview the upcoming week, to talk about what happened on this big Saturday. So looking forward to that. Good luck to you this Saturday. Good luck to your Blazers. I'll be watching the injury news closely <laughs> to see if Jelly's there. You've been right on the money with them uh, the whole way. So I'm not going to stop now. Yeah. Um, so Before we hop ahead. off, uh, Zach, can we pop up the uh, 
what we bet for the show. Sorry, I, I because I have yeah. honestly fully forgotten the last thirty minutes. But uh, Zach, if we have so a, let's go over. Yeah, before we leave, that's a good idea. Let's go over what we have here uh, for the show. There we go. We got nice. Friday night. Iona minus six and a half. Baylor. Minus five and a half on Saturday. The Texas Longhorns plus eight against the overrated Tennessee. <laughs> My Syracuse Orange plus seven. We're going for the three and oh on the orange. And uh, down there, I see a Gonzaga 30, plus 3,400 to win the national championship. That's a great number for an average team. So <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll keep rolling with it. Perfect. But uh, I, I love those plays. I think we're going to have a big Saturday. We'll recap on Monday. For Thomas Casali and CC, we will see you next time on Hit the Books. Ah!